You are now rocking with a jazz hammer. You know, no one has actually recommended that I get a theme song or intro track, but I needed to make sure everyone knew exactly who they were rocking with. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Rock Behind the Climb. I am the one and only Jazz Hammer, also known as Quinn Todzo. I hope you're all doing all right. Stay safe from the natural disasters, COVID, and please stay as sane as possible given the year 2020. So clearly by the name episode 3.5, I'm trying something a little bit different. While working on episode 4, I noticed that I was putting a lot of effort into talking about comments from episode 3 and announcements about the podcast at the beginning of episode 4. So eventually I decided to just put that content into an intermediate episode. Uh, I'm doing this really for actually two main reasons. First, I don't want to take anything away from episode 4 by addressing stuff from episode 3 that has nothing to do with the current episode. I assume that I will have a lot of listeners who are just tuning in for the first time and are not exactly there to hear a discussion about stuff they don't yet know anything about. Also, it's just a little more, I guess, aesthetic to me when a self-contained episode on a subject just kind of sticks to that subject. Piggybacking off of that, I also want a space to talk a little more freely about the podcast to listeners who are dedicated, involved, and interested in a discussion. I felt like before I tried to rush through to this, the discussion of the last episode, when topics brought up in the, in the comments can lead to really good points and deserve a more extensive discussion. So yeah, this is more of a conversational episode where I feel like I'm more talking to you all rather than presenting. In making this episode, I'm separating the presentation from the discussion. Jeez, I feel like this is turning into a little bit of a college course. Uh, you know, lectures will be followed by a recitation section for Rock Climbing Geology 101. <laughs> Hopefully this podcast is a little more chill than that. All right, so a couple things are going on with the podcast that I'll talk about for a second. It's sort of my announcements. First and foremost, I am hard at work on episode four, which will cover climbing on Sierra Nevada granite in general. That episode may end up actually being a two-parter, but uh, we shall see. And then after that, I have plans to head out to western Utah for a week. And I'm excited to get out and climb there. I mean, it's 2020, so everything is, of course, subject to change. But that's sort of what I have planned. Also, there are two new developments that you may have noticed. First, I have slightly changed the name of the podcast. While before it was The Rock Behind the Climb Ming, it is now just The Rock Behind the Climb. I think it just sounds a little bit better. Also, I now have a theme song, of course. <laughs> Shout out to my roommates, Tim and Lewis, for helping me out with that. Moving on, I am working on starting a blog for the podcast. I noticed that the episode description was getting a little long and inaccessible, so I'm thinking that I'll just put all the links, pictures, and sources into a blog post for each episode. I think that'll just be a good home base for everything, rather than just SoundCloud. Also, the t-shirts that I mentioned in the last episode are in design. 
I'm having a friend help me out with the design, and I cannot wait for the shirts to get into production. I know it probably seems a little premature to start working on merch at this stage in the podcast, but I want cool merch, and I want you to rock it as well. I'll keep you all updated when that gets finished. It's going to be awesome. Same promise from the last episode definitely still applies. If you meet a new friend and bond over this podcast, I'll send you both free Rock Behind the Climb t-shirts. So keep making friends out there as well. Okay, I think that's all I had in terms of announcements. So after the last episode, I got a few comments and questions about the columnar jointing that I mentioned. To refresh your memory, the columnar jointing has to do with the vertical cracking that I was seeing in the welded tuff at Dead Man Summit. There was one particular climb called the Dead Man Crack that looks almost perfectly vertical and lies at the intersection of two vertical faces that come together to form an obtuse angle. On the last episode, I suggested that this was a prime example of what is known as a columnar joint which is a feature that is common to the Bishop Tuff, the name for the specific formation of welded tuff at Dead Man Summit. As I talked about in the last episode, this kind of jointing forms as the hot welded rock begins to cool, and in turn creates tension cracks in the rock that propagate downwards to form these horizontal joints that we can climb on. Since I got some people asking me about it, I figured I would go into a little more detail as to the mechanics of this process, the conditions that create the columnar joints, and the reason for the hexagonal geometry. Alright, so as I mentioned in episode 3, the reason for how these joints get created is due to the cooling of the rock. That explains how the crack initiates, but not necessarily why the crack is vertical and not zigzag or horizontal or whatever. The reason the crack is vertical is because the rock does not cool at the same rate. Since the bottom of the rock is buried, the heat cannot escape as quickly, so it cools at a slower rate. With the giant formation of tuff, heat mainly escapes vertically upwards, so the rock on the same horizontal plane generally cools at the same rate, while the rock below is cooling slower because the heat takes longer to escape. Alright, so as I mentioned in episode 3, the reason for how these joints get created is due to the cooling of the rock. That explains how the crack initiates, but not necessarily why the crack is vertical and not zigzag or horizontal or whatever. The reason the crack is vertical is because the entire rock mass does not cool at the same rate. Since the bottom of the rock is buried, heat cannot escape as quickly, so it cools at a slower rate than the rock on top. In extrusive rock like this, the isotherms, or planes within the rock with the same temperature, are horizontal, so the crack will propagate downwards where there is a difference in temperature, not side to side where the temperature is the same. So the rock initially breaks on top where it cools first, And then, as lower layers begin to cool, the crack propagates downwards, breaking apart the rock like a zipper. That's why the cracks are near vertical, because that is the way that the cooling proceeds. 
So now we need a pretty specific set of conditions in order to have perfect columns like the ones you see at the Devil's Post Pile. Even if you have rock that does meet the general conditions and has some evidence of columnar jointing, it is still hard to get beautiful columns most of the time. Most basically, for columnar joints to work, you need both a homogeneous rock and one that is under isotropic conditions. What that means is that you need both a rock that is composed of the same minerals throughout the mix and a rock that is under roughly the same pressure on all sides. Differences in pressure or composition would not allow for the cracks to propagate perfectly vertical like they do, and would instead alter the direction of the cracking. That's why we really only see columnar jointing appear in extrusive igneous rocks, because their composition is mostly the same, and the pressure remains similar since the rock is formed near the surface. This allows the cracks to propagate downwards without any external force or mechanism diverting the path of the crack. This is important because with intrusive igneous rocks, and really all other types of rocks, it is tough to get perfectly vertical cracks to repeatedly form like this, because most of the time there are other forces or compositions at work. I will discuss what happens when you have a homogeneous composition, but anisotropic, meaning differential pressure, situation in the next episode when I talk about the joint patterns in Sierra Nevada granite. In short, with the granite, it is buried so deep that there are huge pressure differentials on the different sides of the rock that contribute, in part, to the jointing pattern. Not to mention that the rock does not cool top down in the same way. Now you might be thinking to yourself that the Bishop Tuff was a pretty thick deposit, as much as 1500 meters. So how could you have perfectly equal all-around pressure with a perfect cooling gradient that allows for perfect columns all 1500 meters down? The truth is that this isn't the case and that things fall apart for the perfectly vertical columns as the conditions change. Most texts describe different zones within an extrusive igneous rock that describe how the jointing may change with depth. Colonnade jointing zones represent more vertical columns, and entablature jointing zones are ones that have curvier joints and columns. This happens because the cooling gradient and pressures change as you get further down in the rock. Even more rare than just having vertical columnar jointing is having perfectly hexagonal columnar jointing, like what you see at Devil's Post Pile. Now, there's actually some discrepancy that I have seen as to why, when everything is perfect, the columns are hexagon-shaped. The classic theory is that the hexagon shape gives you the maximum area-to-crack-length ratio, meaning that you get the most intact rock while still relieving the cooling strain built up. I think I spent like a good 15-20 minutes just drawing out hexagons to try and wrap my mind around that. However, I have seen a paper that disagrees as to why the hexagons appear. The author argues that if this were true, we would see more hexagonal patterns in natural mud cracks, which are the result of mud shrinking as it dries out. 
However, if you look at a picture of mud cracks, the shapes in the mud are more square-like. If it was true that nature tries to maximize the area to crack length ratio, then mud cracks would also look hexagonal and have more obtuse crack angles rather than 90 degree angles or acute angles. I've cited a paper by Norman Gray that talks about a different theory that has to do more with the crack junctions. But when I was researching all of this, I found a lot of esteemed websites that still talk about the classic theory of the maximum area to crack length ratio. Either way, the fact is that the go-to geometry of these columnar joint patterns is a hexagon, which is why at the Dead Man Crack climb at Dead Man Summit, the two adjacent walls come together at an obtuse angle. This is so unique because when climbing cracks, we typically think of a crack splitting a flat vertical face, while these cracks mark the junction between two planes of a column. So, in summary, we have vertical cracks propagating downwards due to the differential cooling within the rock. These cracks that form the columnar joints can only occur in rocks that have a homogeneous composition and isotropic stresses. If everything goes well, the cracks create a hexagonal pattern, the reason for which is somewhat debatable. Alright, well... I hope you guys now know more than you ever thought you would wanted to about columnar jointing. If you are super curious as I was about learning more, I have added the sources I used to the new blog. If you want me to talk more about columnar jointing in another episode, my recommendation is to find a climbing area that has columnar jointing, come climbing with me there, and then we could both talk about it on the podcast. Anyway, I hope you hardcore listeners enjoyed this. If you did, let me know, and I'll continue to do them in the future. I think that there's going to be a lot of questions and comments about my next episode, which talks about the granitic Sierra Nevada climbing, so we'll see. Please keep interacting with me, because by doing this, I can get a sense of what topics you want me to dive a little deeper on. Thanks so much, as always, for tuning in, of course. I'm working hard on episode four and should be done with it soon, so stay tuned for that. Have fun climbing out there and enjoy some intro music outtakes. Jazz Hammer out. Wagwan Mandem, you are listening to The Jazz Hammer. What was the line? You're not rocking. You're not. Fuck's sake. I kind of like Well, no, I mean, the rocket is like, because you're talking about rocks. Yeah. It's really dumb, but you know. No, it's-